real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb. And then smart again, I'm Helen Hong. And now, from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Wow. What an enthusiastic crowd. Uh, Helen, how are you? This is our uh, this is our first taping after the holidays. Yes. Did you have a nice uh, nice time uh, during that time? Uh, I got the. Could, could I phrase that more awkwardly? Yeah. I, did you have a nice time during the time when I, time happens? I, I got what you were saying. I got what you were saying. Yeah. I did so much traveling. I went from Boca. I performed in Boca Raton for the first time, uh-huh. and they were lovely and ancient. Yeah, people mm-hmm. in. I believe that's what Boca Raton <laughs> translates to. Yeah. They were like all the, yeah, but really lovely people, but yeah. they would come up to me after the show and be like, I, we enjoyed you. <laughs> we thought you were fun. We would have been laughing louder, but you know, my sciatica. So, it, so it was, I'm guessing that was not at the late show. <laughs> there was no not late, late show. show. Yeah. The shows were like at five. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did not go anywhere, which seemed to surprise a lot of people because oh. I, I do like to travel, and I had a couple weeks off. You staycation? I, I well, I stayed at home and did some <laughs> uh, did some cleaning up, and some I put up some shelves, and oh. I, uh, I, I hung things, and then I got I got uh, sick. Me too. I got I very was ill. Sick. Yeah, yeah. It, it turns out I'm allergic to not going on vacation. Oh. I'm, uh, I'm allergic to not traveling. Did your cat take care of you? He took very good care of me. Your cat? That and that and some antibiotics. No. Oh. Um, he, uh, no, he's he's awesome. That 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 was that definitely was the advantage. I got some very good quality cookie time. Yeah, I, Co- cookie I, is my cat. His his cat is very cute, and yeah. if I was not deathly allergic, right. I I would like to. Yeah, we've never actually been face to face. I've seen Cookie from afar and been like, "Cute cat, please yeah. leave." That, that, yeah, you, you kind of get it. It's yeah. that it's that plus cuddling. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. <laughs> there's there's a little bit more to it than that. But those are his two best features: his, his looks and his uh, soul. Uh, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics, and finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen. Who is up first? She is a comedian, writer, and actress who is a cast member on Saturday Night Live and hosts Sashir Zameda Party Time. It's Sashir Zameda. Sashir Zameda. Welcome. Thank you. Sashir, I believe the first of our guests to bring her purse on stage. Oh, for real? (laughs) She doesn't trust trust any of you. (laughs) Have have you ever had anything stolen at a gig? Not at a gig, but like one time in uh, either middle school or high school, I left my purse. I don't know, in the courtyard or wherever we were, just like go across to get something. I came yeah. back and someone like opened my purse, dismantled my phone. It was like no. one of those Nokia things where you could take the battery off. And What? Yeah, and nothing like important got stolen, but I was like, I will never trust anyone again. <laughs> <laughs> it scarred you for life. It did. Also, that my mom's is... also like, just keep your purse on you because everyone's bad. Interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. She, and, and she was the one that was paying for stuff when you were little, so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. She's exactly. like, I'm not going to pay for more stuff. <laughs> Keep the stuff that you have. I'm yeah. fascinated with this person that dismantled your phone. They didn't yeah. take the phone. They didn't take the phone. It was just like, it was the small Nokia one where it's like the battery just like pops off on right? the back. So they just like took it apart. But so they took the battery? No. No, They like happening? just took it apart and like left it by my purse. <laughs> Maybe to like prove a point like, bitch, don't trust people. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, thought, I thought that's what you did when you didn't want to be tracked anymore. 
Like, and then, the, you know, you, like, you take the battery out and crack the phone was, in half. I like, don't on think 24. it was like that. They no. just didn't, they just, like, messed with my stuff but didn't wow. take it. What a weird, like, like way to mess with your mind. Like, I know. hey, I'm going to put your battery over here. Yeah. Sashir, I could talk about your personal belongings all night, but I would like to address Honestly, same. the dazzling career that you've had. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, oh, we, let's first of all talk about that you were on Saturday Night Live for four seasons. Yes. Yes. Was awesome. Yeah. Who were some of the favorite hosts that you got to work with? Because that must have been exciting. Mm-hmm. I really liked Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Ooh. Um, who wouldn't? I mean, yeah. Great, great to look at. But he's also, like, really good at improv, which was surprising. Because, I don't know. I mean, he at the time when he hosted the first time, he wasn't doing a ton of comedies, but now when I see him in comedies, I was like, this makes sense because he just has good timing. Oh, right on. Yeah. I love Taraji P. Henson. She was so fun. Mm. Sarah Silverman, I just love in general, and she sure. was great when she came. Yeah, we had, I mean, great people. That's fun. Yeah. And were there, were there musical performances that you got to see that were especially meaningful to you? I don't know about meaningful. Okay. Oh, wait, cool. no. Oh, Adele. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. oh, my gosh. Were you shook? Shook. Uh, yes. She, she was is. just just amazing. And, uh, yeah, her, I mean, every performance she did on that show was just, like, jaw-dropping. I saw her at um, Radio City, and she was doing songs from her, it was at the time her new album, and I hadn't heard them at all, but I was still sobbing. <gasps> like I like had no attachment to them yet, but I was like, I get it. <laughs> I, I feel all these words. <laughs> uh, talk about the Sishiers that made a party time show. It's my variety show. I've been doing it in Brooklyn for four years, and then I, and since I moved to LA, I have moved the show here. Oh, right on. Uh, yeah, it's a monthly show, and I have stand-ups, and we do games with the audience and music, and it's just a really fun time oh and a gosh. good way to like connect the performers and the audience and. You should come if you want to. Even if you don't want to, with you should come. It sounds like yeah, you, might, you might win them come. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Another thing I found very interesting about you is uh, you have been the celebrity ambassador for women's rights for the ACLU. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I the ACLU a few years ago asked me to work with them with their women's rights project and. Uh, it's a huge compliment. They just saw my work and thought that what I was doing, what I was saying is aligning with the stuff that they've been doing. And my job is basically just to be a mouthpiece to whatever they need. So I just amplify whatever mission they have going on or whatever causes need the most um, attention and just try to talk about it, write essays, do speeches, write sketches, write essays, whatever I need to do, I'll do it. That's awesome. Like activist comedy? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, what, we, need that. we need that now. Yeah. What's your favorite women's right? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, She's stumped. Yeah. My, I assume you rank them. Uh, yeah. uh, wow. You know, they're all great. They uh, are all great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? You know what that proves? Equality. That it, yeah. Just like they're all equal. Yeah, the right to be equal. <laughs> uh, now, you also are an ambassador for a Kate Spade perfume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, is that pretty much the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. yeah. This yeah. exact same yeah. thing. Same, Smell the justice. Same causes, <laughs> same, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much inequality in perfume there yeah. is right now, but... Uh, <laughs> You're allowed to have fun also. I imagine that's, a, that's, a, yeah. that's fun to do. It was, it was very fun to do, yeah. They, um, I've been working with Kate Spade for a few years, and um, same thing where it's like, where they need me, I'll go. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you get to have input on, on the, like, the actual creation of the scents and stuff? No, not oh. at all. They were just like, this is done. 
<laughs> the product is done. Please yeah. give us your face so we can sell it. Right. And that's really all I did. But I'm sure you enjoy the scent of it as well. I do enjoy the scent, yes. yeah. And the campaign was really cool because it was me, Laura Dern, and Tavi Givenson, and we would kind of tell stories about our life, and it was just a very real, sincere campaign where it didn't feel cheesy. We weren't just like get this perfume because I wear it every day. It's like, it just, it was like, here's what this means to me. Mm. Here's what this scent reminds me of. Yeah, I don't know. I just haven't been a part of a thing like that before and it's very cool. Very right cool on. indeed. Well, you smell delightful. You do smell great. Thank you so much. I wish you people <laughs> listening could smell her. I realize how creepy that sounds as soon as I said it. Thanks so much for being here and hopefully you will stay for the duration of the show. So cheers and made, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Helen, against whom will Sashir be competing tonight? He is an actor and comedian known for his roles in Inglorious Bastards and Freaks and Geeks, and who can be seen on the Kevin Pollack chat show, it's Sam Levine! Sam Levine! Hello. Sam. Sam, did you bring any personal belongings on stage as well? I did. I guess this jacket counts. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want anyone yeah. to run away with that. Yeah. Uh, Say, Sam. Yes, we, uh, Helen you. mentioned the Kevin Pollack chat show. How did you yeah. get involved with Kevin, and what exactly do you do on the show? Because you, you played several different kinds of roles. That's a fair question, Thank uh, you. and also multiple parts of a question. Okay. Uh, so how I got involved is, when Kevin first wanted to do the show, uh, which will be 10 years ago this March, mm. he, uh, he wanted to do it as a literally a live streaming podcast. Mm -hmm. There was no knowing how that was going to go, so Kevin wanted to ask uh, two friends of his who he could interview that he, I've now realized, did not mind uh, failing in front of. Had the thing <laughs> gone badly? Yeah. So it was uh, me and LeVar Burton. Wow. Were guests, uh, the first two guests on the very first episode of Kevin Pollock's Chat Show in March of 2009. Uh, I'm happy to say it went very well. Yeah. And then uh, the one thing I realized while sitting there and doing this live stream, I was like, wow, he doesn't really have enough staff to keep a live stream running smoothly. And we are friends, so I will come back next week when he does the next one and just help out. Oh, and nice so, of you. Well, I didn't have anything going on Sunday afternoon. Still don't, <laughs> apparently. Um, <laughs> so No, that's, please, we podcasters all know. Um, so anyway, uh, so I showed up and I kept doing that every Sunday. Wow. And so then that's sort of how I became a sidekick on that show. <laughs> and then uh, two years ago, almost now, Kevin started doing The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm. uh, which shoots in New York. So he has gone a lot and needs someone to guest host for him, which I guess technically I've been subbing for him about four years now, maybe five. Uh, but that's become one of my favorite things to do is to take over the hosting role because uh, then I get to pick my guest. And, uh, and it's, uh, sometimes I get lucky and I get people who I know well or want to get to know well. Sure. And it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. So how do I get to fail in front of LeVar Burton? Just ask him. He's oh. a pretty cool dude. <laughs> Sam, you're a regular on a great podcast called Doug Loves Movies, which also has a, ah, a yes. trivia game element to it. Yes. Uh, and you usually do very, very well. I, honestly, I think people seem to think that I do, and I feel yeah. like I did a lot better when it was just the Leonard Maltin game okay. that he played on the show. And for those who don't know, Leonard Maltin game is you're, you're guessing a movie right. based on the actors right. in that Right, it's like movie. name that tune, but instead yeah. of songs and notes, it's movies and yeah. actors. Uh I, I felt like I did a lot better back then. I, I think I do okay now. Honestly, I don't know. I don't keep a, a track of how I do. What I find very interesting about it, though, is that it, it, it really polarizes people because yeah. I, I think, to me, you're my uh, most loved participant of that show. But oh, other people 
seem to not like that you do so well. Well, it's not that they don't like that I do well. It's that they get upset when uh, I become a stickler for the rules that Doug has established over the years <laughs> of doing the show. And then for s no reason whatsoever, he will just change the rules on the fly. <laughs> what, and, is he high? Yeah, right? Yeah. And, I mean, he doesn't do it often, but sometimes it'll happen, and then yeah. I'll get bent out of shape, and then oh, people okay. like to make fun of that or whatever. And right. you know what? Uh, they're fine, too, but rules are rules for a reason, guys. Yeah. It would just be... Well, you've got Helen Hong at the judges' table here, so everything's going to go and up and up. And I don't like Absolutely. that. All right, finally, I have to ask you uh, about Freaks and Geeks. Oh, thank I you heard, very much. Thank I you. I heard so many people talking about it for so many years, and then finally I started watching it. I was like, oh, my God, it's so great. And then I realized I was getting to the end of the season, yeah. which means I was getting to the end of the series, and I didn't yeah. want it to end. I, I have heard that a lot, and I feel for you. Why did you take away my joy? Well, I don't like it when people are happy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I insisted we end the show after 18 episodes. Oh, okay. Um, you know, uh, here's what I tell people uh, who have, have said that to me, like, oh, I'm watching it and I'm 12 episodes in yeah. and I'm getting sad. I say, space it out. <laughs> Do not binge the last six yeah. in a weekend. Do one every two weeks, you yeah. know. Uh, or uh, if you're like a serious fan and you're like, I absolutely need something more, we did release a special edition box set of the DVDs, which we call it the yearbook edition, because it literally looks like a high school yearbook from the 80s. And there are two bonus discs of material on uh, in that box set, and one of them is a fully written but unproduced script. Uh, of of the show, you provided a real solution. Oh, uh, it's it's better than nothing. Yeah, now all, all I have to do is get a computer with an optical drive. Sure, <laughs> you can watch it on a DVD. Uh, what now? Oh boy! <laughs> Thanks so much for being here, Sam Levine. My Thank you. Yeah. All right, Sashir and Sam, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Sashir, you told us you know a lot about Beyonce, mm -hmm. Kill Bill Volume One and Two, and Show Choir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sam, you said you know a lot about the first three Die Hard movies. Damn right. Poker. Sure. And The Simpsons, seasons three through nine. That's correct. Ah. Well, later on, we're going to ask you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, space. First up in space, Sashir. Sashir, they both come from space, but according to NASA, what is the difference between a meteor and a meteorite? A meteor and a meteorite. Okay, a meteorite has stuff fall from it. Okay. And a meteor stays intact. That is an answer. <laughs> So to summarize, for Helen to, uh, to note that, a meteorite has stuff, has moving, is that what I said? A meteorite has stuff moving and a meteor stays intact. Well, okay. I guess I meant like uh, if something falls from the sky right. into our atmosphere uh -huh. on the ground and you're like, what is that? Oh, it must have came from a meteorite. And a meteor just like stays in space. Meteor stays in space and mm -hmm. meteorite is when you say, hey, look at that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's a little clearer. Uh, all right, we have Sashir's answer. We don't know yet if she is correct. Sam, if you don't think she got it exactly right, you can try to steal. What do you think? I think she's very close. I think a meteorite is, uh, uh, most meteors break up upon entering the atmosphere, mm -hmm. and meteorites are any of the pieces of a meteor that actually make their way to, into our atmosphere, whereas a meteor uh, stays in uh, orbit. 
That sounds like something, too. Uh, all right. Well, this segment has fallen to Earth, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. NASA says that a meteor is a bit of interplanetary material falling through Earth's atmosphere and heated by friction to make it glow. When you see a shooting star, a flash, or streak of light, that's a meteor. Some geologists define meteor as the light itself, but NASA pegs it as the material. Which I should say, up until we started taping tonight, I was arguing with my my co-producer and director, Jim, because we each found a site on NASA. One said it's just the light, one says it's the light and the stuff. Get so, it together, NASA. Yeah, get it together, NASA. Wow. You know, you know what it is? It's probably that government shutdown. That's got to be it. <laughs> That'll be topical when this drops. Oh, God, what if it still is? Oh, what if it still is? God, oh, no. Oh, no. I really hope that, that that's a dated reference by the time people are listening to this. All right, go ahead, Ellen. So, uh, uh, Either way, before it hits our atmosphere, it is not a meteor. It is a meteoroid. Meteoroid? Meteoroid. Meteoroid. Yeah. I don't think I've ever said that word before. All right, what okay. about a meteorite? A meteorite is a chunk of rock and metal from asteroids and other planetary bodies that survive their journey through the atmosphere and fall to the ground. If it came from space and lands on Earth, it's a meteorite. That's right. So, just to be clear, a meteoroid makes a meteor and becomes a meteorite. Boy, I could go for some meat right about now. Mm. It's fun to talk about. What does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I think Sashir gets one point because you did get meteorite correct. You said it's false from stuff that falls onto Earth, mm-hmm. I think is what you said. Um, and you said meteor stays in space, which is not quite correct. Not quite correct, yeah. but one point for Sashir. I'll accept that. <laughs> All right, uh, up next in space, Sam. Sam, your question comes from a listener. Kira Gowan of Los Angeles, California, who is actually the external relations associate at the Maximum Fund Network. So if you need any external relations associated, call Kira. <laughs> uh, Sam, they both can be spaces in which to put stuff, but what is the difference between a nook and a cranny? A That's nook a fun one, right? and a cranny. Hmm. That's a fair question. <laughs> We're nothing uh, if not fair. Well, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, nook mm-hmm. is something... Uh, <laughs> I believe a cranny. Okay, we're going to start with the second one. I'm going to start Take with the second cranny. First, yeah. Cranny mm-hmm. is when you have space beneath something. Okay. Uh, so you say like, oh, put it in the cranny over there. That's beneath the floor. A okay. nook mm-hmm. is in the side of something. Oh. It's bonus space in the side, not below or above. So side and beneath, but not below or above. For. Nook is to the side, cranny is beneath. All right, we've got Sam's answer. We don't know yet if he is correct. Sashir, what do you think? I'm going to say that a nook is a space you can close, Mm -hmm. like a cabinet or something. Okay. And a cranny is an open space between things, like a corner. Okay. Well, we've got to clear the space out of this segment, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. All I know is I want an English muffin right now. (laughs) I think we all do. We all do. That was such effective advertising. It really was. Hey, Helen, let's, uh, what are we saying? Oh, Helen, what, what happens now? Here are the facts. Thanks so much. Here are the facts. A nook is a small place that is hidden or partially sheltered, but purposely built into a larger place, like a breakfast nook or a telephone nook you might see in some old apartments. A cranny is a crack or a crevice that usually isn't built on purpose, like in a rock or a wall. That's right. So if the walls of your old-fashioned kitchen are falling apart, you might have a cranny in your nook. What does that mean as far as our points go, Helen? I think neither of you got Ah. either one of that right. (laughs) 
Sounds I, fair. I think both of you bombed out on that one. Helen, what is our score at the end of that first round? At the end of the round, Sashir Zameda has one point and Sam Levine has zero points. But those scores oh. are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics guests have chosen for themselves. It's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode of Go Fact Yourself is sponsored by the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. For more than 16 years, the Big Quiz Thing team has been America's premier providers of high-tech, customized team trivia spectaculars for corporate and private events. Team building, office parties, fundraising galas, birthday parties, bar and bat mitzvahs, and much more nationwide. With unique multimedia trivia puzzles, dynamic professional quiz masters, expertly written quiz questions, innovative formats, original custom written material, and one-of-a-kind digital answer system, the BQT expands the fun and friendly bar trivia format into a big-time TV-style game show experience. And hey, if you're in the Los Angeles area, there's an excellent chance that your customized Big Quiz Thing event will be hosted by <gasps> J. Keith Van Stratton. <laughs> Audible gasps for some reason. Yes, I've recently joined the BQT's Ace Quizmaster team, and I'm ready and eager to bring the ultimate team trivia experience directly to your home, office, or any other venue of your choice. Visit BigQuizThing.com today for a personal consultation and get started making all of your trivia dreams come true. That's BigQuizThing.com. Thanks, Big Quiz Thing. Greetings. I am Plek Dexsetter, contacting you from the Zick Squadron, which is, frankly... Uh, sort of crappy, but I'm, I'm here on a heroic mission with my trusty crew, C-53. Uh, heroic feels like an exaggeration. Okay, sure. And, and uh, security officer Dar. Clark, don't put me in your stupid recording. Well, and, and we're all traveling aboard our trusty starship, the Bargerian Jade. Bargy. What? Sorry. I'm awake. I'm awake. I was, it's fine. I was just flying while asleep. Hey there, this is Alden Ford. I play Plek, and we are so excited to announce that our podcast, Mission to Zix, is now part of the Maximum Fun Network. Our third season launches on Max Fun on March 20th. Binge seasons one and two right now. That's Mission to Zix, Z-Y-X-X. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Sashir Zameda with one point and Sam Levine with zero points. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> Once again, here's Jakey Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Sashir Zameda, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about Beyonce, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, and Show Choir. Tell us a little bit about each of those. First, you said you know a lot about Beyonce. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Um, I've seen her live a few times, oh. and I have all her albums. I just love her. <laughs> she's kind of a superior human. She really is. Like, she just... But also, like, a really good example of hard work, because, like... I, I reference this article a lot sometimes when I'm like feeling down or something. There was like some review of her first solo album and it compared her, the, I think the title was like, Beyonce, Noah Ashanti. Oh. <laughs> well, to, to be what? fair, that is accurate. Uh, she, yeah, she, yeah. she uh, is not Ashanti. They yeah. are two different people. Yeah. Wow. But it was just a funny, like, you know, back in 2003 when, peop when Ashanti was on top, everyone's like, who's this new girl Beyonce? And, like, now you think of Beyonce and you're like, well, she's always been amazing. She's always been, like, beloved. But it's so, you know, she hasn't. There's been a time where she had to, like, work to get to where she is. Right. So I love reminding myself that, like, oh, yeah, it takes time and practice. And you can be, well, no, we can't all be Beyonce, but, you know. Oh. You had me you there for a second. Close. I was very excited about being, being Beyonce. 
She is uh, just so, yeah. And yeah. her Instagram is, mm, yeah. It's just, everything's great. She's perfect. <laughs> yeah. She and The Rock. I'm like, who are these, like, <laughs> like, where did you come? Did it's you hard to believe we're the same species sometimes. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So, Cher, you also said you know a lot about Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Yes. Um, I got hit by a car in college. Oh, my goodness. Did not think that's where the story was going to start. <laughs> Yikes. Um, and I'm fine. Good. But right. I couldn't leave my room for a while. And so, I, the only thing I asked for was, like, soup and someone to go to the library and rent Kill Bill 1 and 2. Because <laughs> I already loved the movie. I just, like, watched it over and over again. And that oh. scene where she's, like, wiggling her big toe to walk again, yes. I don't know, just really resonated with me. Yeah. And also just cool to see badass women be badass. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and a lot of the actresses in, that, in those films, like, did their own stunts. Yeah. And they were just so badass. It was just really cool to see... Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I just love that movie so much, and I I, I want to do that one day. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And then finally, you said you know a lot about show choir. Yeah, I was in show choir in high school, and it like consumed my life. We would do comp. I, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, and we would. Oh, cool! Ooh. We made it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think isn't that isn't that on the town sign? <laughs> one day you'll leave. Uh, yeah. Now, for those who don't know, can you explain a little bit about what show choir is? Yes, it is um, basically a musical without the dialogue. It's just like the the songs and dancing uh, from musicals or show tunes or whatever your show choir director chooses to use. We had a lot of Barbara Streisand songs because my <laughs> instructor loved Barbara Streisand, and I do too. And uh, and yeah, we would do competitions at different high schools. And we would travel and compete against other high schools. And Wait, so you would take a Barbara Streisand song, for instance, mm-hmm. and then you would like do like choreograph a dance number to it. Yeah, so that we so the school would hire a choreographer to come teach these teenagers <laughs> how to like wow. flick our wrists and like point our toes and stuff and. Yeah. And would you would you would you do different arrangements? Would you jazz it up? Would it be like people, people who need people? Yes. That's my that's my example of jazzing up. Apparently, I don't know what that wow. was. It's exactly what we did. Normally, when podcasting, I tell people don't sing. You don't want to get sued. But I think you're going to be fine there. Okay. <laughs> it was kind of unrecognizable. Yeah. yeah. You just be grateful I didn't do the song from Yentl. Um, and would there be like a like a front woman or man at any point or like people singing solos yeah 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 there were different solos for each song i never got a solo Um, oh no you know what you can have your solo now hit it (laughs) no sorry (laughs) Uh, Uh, and did how did your team do did you did you win these we won a lot of competitions um we were really good or runners up runners up but um yeah we it's funny because there was like so many fundamentals with, with show choir. We were the group that didn't care about costume changes or like flashy things. We would just sing. Like we were really like vocals and our choreography were really important to us. Where other groups would like change their costume or use props and like do all this other flashy stuff. We were like, no, we're fundamentalists. We care. <laughs> we care about the craft. <laughs> and did you guys look down on the acapella people? You know, we didn't. I didn't have an acapella team in my high school. I didn't. I didn't know what that was until college. Mm-hmm. Why were you one of the acapella people that got looked down no, on? No, I just oh. thought maybe there might be like beef between the show choir people and the and the acapella people. Yeah. And now I've just thought of a really cool like TV show idea. Yeah, don't don't steal it. Everybody. I mean, yeah, it would be That'd watched be by everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Glee meets uh, Glee without music. Uh, Glee, Glee meets a knife fight. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, Shashir, you said you know a lot about Beyonce, Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, and Show Choir. Today, we want to quiz you about 
Kill Bill Volume 1 yeah. and 2. Great. I have to tell you, in preparation for the show, I rewatched the movies. Oh my God, they're so good. They're I, I had so loved good. them at the time, but I think what I really hadn't appreciated was how original they were, because you've seen so many of these kinds of shots and, and, and music drops and, what the, and, and whatnot since then. Uh, what, what do you love about it specifically besides, you've mentioned the, 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 the strong female roles. Did you yeah. like it as a, as a, for filmmaking itself? I did. I mean, the colors are so vivid. Mm. Um, the shots are so cool. The music's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I love all of it. And uh, any other favorite Tarantino films? Um. <laughs> um. Inglorious Bastards was oh, great. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Sam, if I'm not mistaken, you were in that movie. Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Again, you're not, you're not very familiar with your own. I've not watched it in a while. <laughs> All right, so Sheer. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Kill Bill Volume One and Two to test your mastery in the subject with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints for these five questions. Now, Sam, do listen closely because if Sheer answers incorrectly, you can steal. Uh, Sam, by the way, how much do you know about Kill Bill Volume One and Two? I've I've seen them. A number of All right, times. That, that might help. Yeah. Uh, so, Sheer, here's your first question. Kill Bill Volume 1 opens with the on-screen quote, revenge is a dish best served cold, which is credited to a proverb of what Star Trek alien race? Klingon? Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It is Klingon. Yes. Uh, fun fact, you are named after something in the original Star Trek. I am, yeah. My, uh, my parents are Trekkies. And, uh, Amazing. <laughs> And Sashir is from, uh, actually, the episode's called By Any Other Name. And uh, Captain Kirk is flirting with this alien princess, as he does. <laughs> and he gave her a rose, and she goes, oh, we have something like this on my planet, except it's made out of crystal, and it's called Sashir. Oh, that's oh, lovely. Yeah. I love so you that. could have been Crystal Rose. I, yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's interesting there. Let's move on. <laughs> Question number two. Sashir, combined, how many Oscars did the Kill Bill movies win? I'm going to say zero. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. It was snubbed. Fun kind of amazing fact. They weren't even nominated for any. I, what? I do not understand that. No Oscar nominations for those beautiful films. I think films. that's hard for an action film. I don't know if there's But even many... for cinematography? Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. like, like you were saying, like the colors actor. were amazing yeah. and the shots were amazing. I was oh, very surprised to learn that. I wanted to yeah. flip a table. <laughs> Uh, you're two for two. Here's question number three. The plot of the film centers on a woman, the bride, bent on killing the people who wronged her. What is the name of the list she creates to keep track of the five people to whom she wishes to bring death? You do have a hint available if you'd like to use the hint. Yeah, I would like the hint. Helen, how about that first hint? All of the words to the answer are in the question. Would you like me to repeat the <laughs> All question? All of the words oh, yes. in the answer are in the question. Correct. And I would like you to repeat the question, right, please. The question is, <laughs> what is the name of the list she creates to keep track of the five people to whom she wishes to bring death? Death list five? Helen? That is that correct. That is correct. <laughs> wow. Excellent use of the hint. Wow. <laughs> She wishes to bring death. Is <laughs> That's going to go yeah, on a yeah, greeting yeah. card. It's the nicest way of saying I'd like to murder you. That is the hardest anyone has hung on your every word, yeah. JT. Seriously. I, I got to admit, I like the feeling. I might go into politics. I like people. It's nice to have a lady listen to me for once. Question number four. While carrying out this mission, the bride is nearly shot by Vernita, played by Vivica A. Fox, who managed to hide a gun in a box of cereal. What was the brand name on that cereal box? You do have a second hint available if you'd like to use it. 
Yes, I would like to. Helen, how about that second hint? It's the sound a very big gun would make. Pow. Helen, is it pow? It is not no, pow. No, I'm terribly sorry. Sam with a chance to steal. Kaboom. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. wow. Good pull, Sam. Uh, fun fact, kaboom was the name of a real cereal made by General Mills. Uh, let's see if you what? can bounce back. Yeah, really. Yeah. Have you ever tried kaboom? They were, they were bullet shaped. It was great. No, they were not. <laughs> Number five, Sashir, we've talked about the bride, but now let's talk about the groom. He's played by Christopher Allen Nelson, and Mr. Nelson also plays a role behind the scenes on the film. In what department did Christopher Allen Nelson work? I'm going to say sound. Helen, is it sound? That is not correct. No, not sound. Sam again with a chance to steal. I'm going to say the grip department. Was he in the grip department? He was not in the grip no, department. No, the correct answer was makeup. Makeup. That was, wow. that was hard if you didn't know it. Uh, fun fact, he actually has won an Oscar for his work in makeup on Suicide Squad and won two Emmys for his work uh, doing makeup on American Horror Story. Wow. Uh, all right, so, so sure you did pretty well in that round, but now here is your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. <laughs> growing, I think. It's <laughs> yeah. exciting. Uh, the question is so high level that we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. The answer is worth up to three points. The iconic costume in Kill Bill is the yellow jumpsuit worn by Uma Thurman. For up to three points, what famous person's costume is it based on? What phrase is written on the bottom of the shoes worn with the jumpsuit? And who designed this costume? I think this is really wrong, but I want to say Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, all right. That's, that's who designed it? No, no, no. Oh, that's who it was based on. Okay, all right. All right, so we have Bruce Lee for uh, who it was based, based upon. On. All right, what was written on the bottom of the shoes? You had it coming. You had it coming, all right. And then finally, uh, who designed the costume? I don't really know costume designer okay. names. Well, then how about the name of a friend that you just want to give a mention to? <laughs> Um, I think Sam probably designed it. I think Sam did. <laughs> yeah. That would be a twist. Thank you so All right. much. <laughs> so we've got Bruce Lee. Uh, what was the other one? We got Bruce Lee. You had it coming. And Sam. All right. Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have with us tonight? Here with us tonight by Skype from her home in New York City is an award-winning costume designer whose credits include Mr. Robot, Grey Gardens, and Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. It's Cat Thomas. Cat Thomas. <laughs> Kat, are you there? Hi, everyone. Oh, great. We're so happy that you were able to join us tonight. Uh, as Helen mentioned, you are award-winning. You, uh, you got an Emmy nomination and a Costume Designers Guild Award for Grey Gardens. Congratulations on those. Thank you. Now, that was, that was the HBO movie that was based on a documentary, if I'm not mistaken. That was, exactly. Yes, not, yeah. the, not the Broadway musical that was also based on the documentary. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So what, what was it like to, to, to design something that was already based on clothes that were rather iconic that were already seen in a documentary? You know, it, it's always a, um, it, it, it's a little nerve wracking when uh, something that's sort of iconic that, you know, Great Gardens um, had sort of, the, the, the Maisels did this amazing documentary. And so when you're recreating something that everyone knows very well, you know, you have to be very careful how you, how you treat it. But we had a great time. It, Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lang were fantastic. Um, so yeah, no, it was a great, it was a great experience. That's Tons great. of fun. Now we mentioned, uh, we mentioned earlier that there were no Oscar nominations at all for the Kill Bill movies. Did that surprise you? There weren't. I, you know, I, I guess you don't realize we're so far out from Kill Bill now, you know, like over 10 years. And I think you look back and it becomes this sort of iconic thing and you think, wow, it's impossible that it couldn't have been nominated. But at the time, you know, we were just mm -hmm. making a really kick-ass movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you did. Good job. Uh, how did you get to be the costume designer on the Kill Bill movies? 
I actually had met Uma um, Thurman through Ethan Hawke, who was her husband at the time. And, you know, I lived in New York. I've, I've been a New Yorker for a long time. And she uh, she introduced me to Quentin. And, you know, and there we go. Wow. <laughs> and you worked with another designer on the on the film as well. I did. Yeah. Kamika Ogawa, who is um, who lives in Japan. And she was like just the biggest resource for the kimonos and the really technical stuff that we did mm. over how, there. Yeah. How many costumes did you end up having to design for that movie? Because there are so many roles. Oh, I don't even know. I mean, it was, you know, it was two movies, really, that sure. we shot as one. Right. So, you know, it was an incredible amount of, of work. And Quentin is always writing and adding things and it's just improvising. So, you know, one of those one of the trivia questions actually was something that he improvised at the last minute, which was the soles of her shoes. Mm. Uh, so I had about a week to figure out how to put a new sole on her shoe. Wow. wow. Uh, so was that, was that the most challenging uh project that you had in designing those costumes? I mean, it was one of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, certainly being in China and not having the resources that you have in the United States, you know, at that time. Yes, it was definitely China. They don't have a mood in China? Yeah, no, there's no mood. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to mood. Um, That yellow jumpsuit is so amazing. And now it's like a frequently used Halloween costume. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think Bruce Lee and, you know, you got that's obviously one correct question. So, Well, guess we know now. You got that one right. It's just here. Yay! So it wasn't exactly a jumpsuit that you designed, right? It was not. No, when when I redesigned it, I redesigned it as a two-piece because Uma actually had just had her second child. So, you know, thinking about all the stunt work that we had to do and the wire work that we had to do, it just seemed easier for her to be able to get in and out of it mm-hmm. to be able to have it be two pieces. So, yeah, that's, that's how we redesigned it. Also, it's the worst to have to pee in a jumpsuit. <laughs> Gosh. I had real, real sympathy for her. <laughs> how many of those jumpsuits were made for the movies? We made over 30 because it wasn't wow. just her. You know, it was, it was Uma, it was her other double, Zoe Bell, who is also an amazing stunt woman and also actress. And then we had a sword double for her. So oh, there wow. were three. A sword double? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I yeah. have a new hashtag goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and where did the uh, costumes end up? Do you, do you have one of them? I do not actually what? have one of them. Uh, 30 you know, of them? They couldn't so- give one to Cat? You guys should see how bloody they were at the end of it. I mean, I maybe two clean ones. Wow. <laughs> of uh, which Quentin has one and Uma has one. That's great. Wow. All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight as far as our game goes. You heard the question that we asked of Shashir. We wanted to know about that iconic yellow jumpsuit. We wanted to know what famous person's costume it was based on. Helen, what did Shashir say? Shashir said Bruce Lee. And Kat, we know now that that is... Correct. That's right. That's a point for Sashir. And, and Kat, uh, specifically, what movie of Bruce Lee's was that uh, worn in? And Game of Death. Helen? Huh? That is correct. One point. All right. Next, we wanted to know... <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. That's all right. Next, we wanted to know what was written on the bottom of the shoes that she wore with that jumpsuit. Helen, what did Sashir say? Sashir said, you had it coming. And uh, Kat? That is wrong, but I really like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> It was a little more succinct was, than that. What was it? At, at, the, at the risk of getting bleep, which I will not, it says F-U. Yes, and the U is the letter U, but the F is not just the letter F. Yeah. And you can actually, if you, if it, it goes by very fast, but you, if you uh, pause it, you can see it very clearly that that's what it says. Uh, and finally, we wanted to know who designed that costume. Helen, what did Shashir say? Shashir said Sam Levine. <laughs> Kat, would you like to break some news on this podcast? 
I'm sorry, Sam, it was not you. It was me. It was you, Cat Thomas. <laughs> yeah, but I helped. <laughs> nice try, Sam Levine. All right. Yeah, maybe next time. Cat, uh, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they find it? Well, you can see my work. I'm, I work on Mr. Robot. It's a great show with Sam Esmail and Rami Malek. And uh, I just did a show called Homecoming, which is on Amazon oh. with Julie Roberts. So, people like that as know. well. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Cat Thomas, ladies and gentlemen. Cat Thomas. Thanks, Helen, how about a score recap at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Sashir Zameda has five points and Sam Levine has one point with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Sam about a topic he knows about. Plus, later, Sam and Shashir will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. <laughs> Go Fact Yourself is part of the Maximum Fun Jumbotron program. The Jumbotron program allows anyone to share their message on our podcast, just like the Jumbotron at the ballpark. It's a fun way to show your support for your favorite celebrity trivia podcast and get the word out about what you're up to. It's easy and cheap, only $100 for a personal message or $200 for a promotional one, and your message will be read by Helen or me. A promotional message is one with any sort of promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $200, and the character limit for your message is $500. Use your promotional message to advertise nonprofit organizations, independent entrepreneurs, Kickstarter projects, web comics, medical marijuana dispensaries, and any other business you'd like to promote. Medical marijuana dispensaries. Uh huh. A personal message is one without any promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $100, and the character limit to your message is $350. What can you do in 350 characters? Wish a friend happy birthday. Congratulate a family member on a new job. Come out to your parents. Oh, please do that. What a great way to tell your parents. Uh, first, you, first, you'd have to explain what a podcast is, maybe. My parents are Korean. Messages are scheduled on a first-come, first-served basis. Get more information and schedule your ad at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Thank, Thank you, Jumbotron. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Sashir Zameda with five points and Sam Levine with one point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Strat. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Sam Levine, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the first three Die Hard movies, uh -huh. Poker, and The Simpsons, seasons three through nine. Yeah. Tell us first about the first three Die Hard movies. Why just the first three, and what do you like about them so much? Well, I was introduced to uh, the Die Hard franchise uh, over the 4th of July weekend of 1990, when Die Hard 2 was playing in theaters. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father took me to see that movie when I was uh, eight years old, and I was like, hey, this is pretty good. And he was like, oh, if you liked it, uh, you should see the first one. <laughs> and so then he allowed me to rent from the video store the first Die Hard movie, which instantly became my favorite movie. 
and a conservative estimate, I would say I've seen it 300 times. Wow. Really? That is a conservative number. What, did, were, you, were you hit by a car and needed to watch <laughs> No, 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 worse, I had no friends. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But you yeah. turned it around. No, it's cool, guys, it all worked out. Oh, yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Uh, but, Wait, are uh, those movies appropriate for eight-year-olds? Oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> no, is not Is that why chance. you loved it? Yeah. It's funny, I was actually more offended by the fact that he saw them in the wrong order. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that would have yeah. upset me as a, as a potential parent. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, no one wants to acknowledge the fifth one. <laughs> That's why I... You don't consider that canon? No. No, it's all right. Just... Uh, Sam, you also said you know a lot about poker. I do, and I'm, I'm very uh, upset with myself for giving such a broad thing to say, like, poker. Because I don't know what you think of when you hear the word poker. I know what I think of. I think yeah. of playing poker and knowing yeah. the game and the rules. It occurred to me after I said that to you, I was like, oh, I wonder if he thinks that I mean like poker, like the sport that is sometimes on ESPN. Yeah. Um, I actually thought you meant the fireplace instrument. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be a very interesting quiz. Yeah. But tell us, tell um, us why you know about playing my, poker. My grandmother taught me how to play poker when I was five. What? Uh, Did your family not know how children work? <laughs> <laughs> you know... Guys, this this was the 80s. Oh, there okay. were no rules. It's a different time. It's a different yeah, time, man. And uh, do you play for money? Uh, no. When we were kids, we just played for chips. No, I meant, but these no days, value. do you continue to play poker over the years? Yes. I started, I played in my first cash game, as, as they call it, when I was about 10. Uh, for, oh, for pennies. But then by the time I was a teenager, I had friends, and they knew how to play also. And so we played for, you know, 25 cents, yeah. a dollar here, a dollar there. And, you know, uh, uh, I stuck with it and paid for my education, as they say. And, uh, and now I play in a couple of weekly home games. That's great. Wow. And finally, you said you know a lot about The Simpsons. Seasons three through nine. Uh, that's that's true, and uh, I'm again very angry at myself for giving you such a wide range <laughs> of things in that. Well, to not be specific fair, at all. Three. It's been it's had over thirty seasons, so that's true. limiting it to three through nine is, is helpful. I mean, in, in in relatively speaking, it is. I could have just said The Simpsons, yes. season four, episodes nine, ten, and eleven. Yeah. Um, I should have done that. Maybe maybe um, there's a lesson here for future guests. I think there is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I was uh, a. A, a big, big fan of the show. I still remain a fan of the show, but because those seasons aired during what I consider to be was the most absorbing portions of a portion of my brain's mm. uh, time on Earth, uh, most of those episodes have stuck with me in a way that few things have. And I have not rewatched most of those episodes in well over ten years, but I can replay some of them in my head at any time. Wow! Very, very interesting. All right. So to summarize. You said you know a lot about the first three Die Hard movies, Poker and The Simpsons, seasons three through nine. Yeah. Today we're going to quiz you about The Simpsons, seasons three what through nine. What a surprise. <laughs> uh, my funeral. Do you have a favorite episode from that time? Uh, I do. Uh, my favorite episode is uh, Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's his name. That, that name again is Mr. Mr. Plow. Plow. There you go. Uh, how about a favorite line? Do you, do you have lines that you remember and the love from that, that time? That is, this, we would be here all day. Okay. Um, but, I mean, it varies. It really does change all the time. And right now, this is going to sound so stupid because it's not even that funny out of context. Okay. But there's an episode called Bart of Darkness where Bart is stuck at home in bed. He's got a broken foot. And he's watching. Uh, he wants to watch Krusty the Clown on TV. And... Uh, Krusty says, oh, sorry, kids, we're taking off for the summer, but don't worry. They'll be showing episodes of, 
classic Krusty. <laughs> and then they go to run, and then they, they show, an, and it's black and white. <laughs> and the little graphic comes up, and it says something like, original air date, yeah. November 10th, 1963. Oh, no. And it's two dudes sitting around a table, both smoking cigarettes, and Krusty the Clown does not look like we know him. And he just says... Hello, welcome to the Krusty the Clown Show. Today we'll be discussing uh, collective bargaining agreements with AFL-CAO Chairman George Meany. <laughs> George, let me be blunt. Is there a labor crisis in America today? Yeah. Uh, I love that Jake Heath asked you for a line yeah, and you I'm basically sorry. replayed yeah. the entire episode. The notion that that ever somehow became the children's show. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it's a, sh- it's a shame that as you warned oh. us, out of context, not funny at all. Uh, well, I was afraid. I, I gave a little more, but like that's one of my. That's why I love the writers yeah. of that show so much. All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in the topic to oh. test your mastery yeah. with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to give you a chance to show off, here are your five trivia questions about the topic, each worth one point. Can't wait if to you miss want, them all. You get two hints for the five questions, uh-huh. or you can just resign now. Apparently, oh, what's this is, you okay? Oh, so wide. All right, now, Shashir, do listen closely because you can steal if Sam gets anything wrong. Uh, Shashir, how much do you know about The Simpsons, seasons three through nine? Not a lot. Okay. <laughs> There's that Keely. <laughs> she came out a little bit. All right, here's question number one, Sam. Yeah. The Simpsons is known for a cavalcade of famous guest stars, but perhaps the most famous one appeared in the first episode of season three, voicing a mental patient who sings a song for Lisa's birthday. He was billed as John J. Smith, but what pop icon was it really? Uh, that would be Michael Jackson. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. In fact, uh, because he wanted to be billed as John J. Smith, the and they got so many questions afterward, the Simpsons changed their rules afterward and said any famous guest star must be billed by their real name after that. Well, I'm glad I chose two fun facts because I had that. The other yeah! one I was going to tell you. Wow. <laughs> the other one I was going to tell you is that uh, Michael Jackson provided the speaking voice for the character, but That's his right. song was sung by a sound-alike. Yeah. He did not sing the song. That's right. Uh, all right, you know your stuff. Here's question well, number we'll two. See. Season six ended in a cliffhanger with the episode Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1, and the answer was revealed when season seven opened with the episode Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 2. So, Sam, who shot Mr. Burns? Maggie Simpson. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. It was Maggie. Fun fact, Fox held a contest where people could guess who shot Mr. Burns, and none of the eligible players guessed correctly, so a winner was chosen at random. (laughs) I know, I answered that contest. Which, by the way, that might be how our game ends tonight. We'll ah. see. We're, we're running a little long. Uh, you're two for two. Here's question number three. Season five featured the 100th episode of the series and the first time that Superintendent Chalmers yells what catchphrase? Skinner! Ellen? That is correct. That is correct. Wow. Can we give him a bonus point for the act out? And that's Super Nintendo Chalmers, if yeah, you're Yeah, that's out. one of my favorite lines also. One of my favorites. Mmm, steamed hams. <laughs> Uh, all right, your free throw three. You have not used a hint. Here's question number four. Season three was a pivotal season for the series, as the original showrunners, Matt Groening, James L. Brooks, and Sam Simon, were replaced in those roles. Name the two people who took over as showrunner. Ugh. Uh, is it Al Jean and Mike Reese? Helen? That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> not sure if it's Reese or Rice, but yeah, we'll, I'm not we'll sure give it either. to you. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, here's question number five. For seasons eight and nine, The Simpsons won Emmys for Outstanding Music and Lyrics. They're only awards in this category to date. Name either of the songs that won the Emmy. I will need a hint on this. Helen, how about that first hint? One of them is about prostitutes. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a family show mm -hmm. on Sunday nights. Yep. Is this my, so I, can I get a second hint? There is, is no, my, there's only no, one I hint I only get the question. one hint. Um, I can give you, I can, I can give you a, a bonus hint. Sure. Uh, the other song is not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I could sing the song. Hopefully, hopefully that won't we throw you off. Right. This place existed. Is the song and I, you know the song. What I is do. It it's, ab it's about the, the, the brothel and mm -hmm. the. Um, oh, don't take the S out of Springfield. Don't take the S out of Springfield. Helen, is that correct? That is not no. correct. Not correct. So she with a chance to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Hosby Helen. There you go. <laughs> If that wasn't a song, and it's going to be very soon. <laughs> Helen, is it Hose Be Hoen? It is not Hose no. Be Hoen. No, Sam, you did know the song. The, the title, I believe, is said uh, later in the song. It's We Put the Spring in, in Springfield. Springfield. We Put All the right. Spring in Springfield. The other one was You're Checking In. Ah. was from season nine. All right, still, you did very well in that nice. round. But now here is your expert level question that requires oh multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Okay. Oh, you guys are so good at that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Correct answer is worth up to three points. In 2003 and in 2014, Entertainment Weekly said the 17th episode of season four was the greatest episode of The Simpsons of all time. In 2017, the website The Ringer agreed, and in 2018, The Wrap also said it was the best ever. The episode, called Last Exit to Springfield, centers around Homer becoming a union leader at the power plant. For up to three points, what health benefit does Homer successfully negotiate to keep for the workers? How does a monkey at a typewriter mess up a famous line from Charles Dickens and name one of the two people credited with writing the episode? Uh, Homer negotiates a dental plan. Mm -hmm. uh, the monkey screws up by writing, uh, it was the best of times, it was the blurst of times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, two of the people credited. Yeah, one of the two. One of the two, John Vitti. John Vitti. All right, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is an Emmy Award-winning writer and producer whose credits include Malcolm in the Middle, Frasier, and the first four seasons of The Simpsons, it's Jay Kogan. Jay Kogan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know it was Wow. Jay and Sam shaking hands. Hello, Jay. Welcome to the show. Jay Keith Van Stratton. May I call you Jay Keith Van? No. Okay. No. Um, I have a question. Yes. Why couldn't I have done this by telephone? <laughs> <laughs> You're not in New York? Uh, because you wouldn't have had the chance to have the warm handshake and embrace of your friend whom you know, Sam Levine. You guys know each other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although that is pretty easy to get. <laughs> so, uh, Jay, how, how uh, is it that you two know each other? Well, uh, we know each other uh, several different ways. One, the first way we know each other is The Stump, I believe. Uh, you were a member of, I had an online group called The Stump, which you are familiar with, mm -hmm. I believe. And uh, it was an exclusive, very exclusive uh, group of uh, comedians, writers, actors, and anybody who wanted to join. Um, <laughs> That's how I and, got in. <laughs> and then later on, we played poker together. This is true. So I'm, uh, I'm part of two of his uh, favorite You could have been the other bases. expert as yes, well. Exactly. Interesting. Now, it, uh, when I first asked you about coming on the show as our expert in The Simpsons from this time, uh, you told me that you would not be good because you don't remember anything that happened then. 100% true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a thousand years ago. But why? But it, it wasn't, it, it, for you, was it just another gig? 
No, I loved it. It was yeah. fantastic. It was great. But we wrote a million episodes, yeah. a million jokes, and yeah. uh, like you asked her, what is her favorite musical guest? Yeah. There's a million musical yeah, guests okay. on Center Live. There's a million jokes on uh, on The Simpsons, and it's yeah. just hard to uh, uh, keep that much brain matter uh, when you're trying to write other things and do other things and raise a family. And so stuff. you don't have an Adele in your uh, in your Simpsons. Life. Uh, I, I don't. We tried to get Adele and we couldn't get her. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, no, we don't have an Adele. No, right. but I was there for Michael Jackson, so that was good. Yeah, what was that yeah. like? Uh, he was weird. Really? Yeah, he was very weird. He's very. We are breaking more news here on Go Factory. He, uh, he wore orange pancake makeup, and he, his one request was that, well, he also didn't want to sing his own song, which was weird. Huh. He sat across the table to another great singer named Kip Lennon, who sang his music. And uh, he also, his one request was in the basement of the 20th Century Fox when we recorded it, he wanted 40 uh, room heaters and, and uh, 30 cases of Evian water. Wow. No. And he never went in there. <laughs> Oh, it's too bad. We could use those tonight. Yeah. Um, wow. That's terrific. Now, The Simpsons started on the Tracy Ullman Show, where, which is where you won your first Emmy. That's right. Uh, how involved were you in The Simpsons being moved to its own independent show? I was uh, involved. When Sam Simon and Matt Groening uh, and Jim Brooks wanted to do a show, they sort of talked about it. And my writing partner at the time, Wallace Walidarski, and I were like the first writers. They said, you want to write an episode? And we said, sure. And we just started talking about the show before it even existed. Wow. So that was fun. We were there. It didn't get the money, but we were there. <laughs> you were there. Yeah. Well, you did get the money sure. eventually and, and some Emmys. Why, why did you want to work with a partner? There were some that worked in teams and some that worked solo. Why did I want to work with a partner? Yeah, why did you work with a partner instead of writing on your own? Uh, well, we were high school buddies, and okay. we thought things were good. But also, uh, when you work with a partner... Uh, shows like that because they get two people for the price of one. <laughs> right? It's cheaper. No, I understand why they wanted you to work as a partner. Yeah. But why so I wanted work? to work. So yeah. having a partner got me more got jobs, that okay. kind of stuff. Terrific. And then when I got uh, uh, successful enough, I dropped that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm afraid Helen's going to do. Yeah. Um, episodes are written and produced far in advance. So uh, when do you realize that this is catching on and might run for 30 years? When it premiered, yeah. I mean, the day it premiered, which was like a Christmas in 1989, I think. Uh, yep. Simpsons roasting on an open fire. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so that was our show seven. That wasn't our first, that wasn't our pilot. It was right. a show seven. And they just said, well, we'll put the Christmas show on first. And it got amazing acknowledgement immediately. Wow. And almost, it was like Star Wars kind of thing. It caught fire and people were going Simpsons crazy immediately. And pretty soon, within weeks, people were selling... Simpsons t-shirts off the sides of freeways. Right. I mean, literally, it was the weirdest thing, you know, uh, I'd been a part of. I think, uh, I'm, I don't think that'll happen again. <laughs> now, uh, we talked about this episode, Last Exit to Springfield. We'll get to the game portion in a second. The greatest episode of all time. Well, that Except was... not according to this guy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. I didn't say what I thought it was the greatest. I said what was my favorite. Those all are different. Right. <laughs> Uh, do you remember writing that specific episode? Or I do, I do. Okay, it was very, tell us about uh, that. Uh, uh, well, we, at the beginning of every season, we would go into a, a retreat and we'd try to pitch a bunch of ideas. And uh, this particular time, uh, we decided to pitch a union show. Uh, I think we had just had a writer strike pretty recently. Uh, and so the Simpsons decided we should do our own union show. And then uh, Wally and I pitched the idea that uh, Homer becomes the union president. And uh, Jim Brooks and Sam Simon said, yeah, okay to do that. And so we, we wrote an outline and, you know, when you write a script for The Simpsons, it's not just you, it's the 12 other guys all pitching and making jokes and making things better and, and better and so it's, it's, uh, 
you know, we wrote the, the outline and the draft, but it got much better from everybody else's input. Mm. Terrific. Let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight as far as our game goes. You heard the questions that we asked Sam. First, we wanted to know what was the health benefit that Homer successfully negotiated to keep for the workers in that episode. Helen, what did Sam say? Sam said dental plan. And Jay? The answer is dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Did you write that back and forth? Yes. As a matter of fact, it went back and forth on the page. It went several different pages of him going (laughs) back and forth, back and forth. And the... The showrunner at the time, I think it was Sam Simon, said, this is crazy. We can't do this. Yeah. And then the other writers fought for it. Oh, that's and great. so it was great. And we it's finally great. got it's it a, in. It's an, yeah. iconic, uh, uh, it's an iconic line from that yes. show. Um, all right, next we wanted to know, how does a monkey at a typewriter mess up a famous line from Charles Dickens? Helen, what did Sam say? Sam said, it was the best of times, it was the blurst of times. And I believe we have an audio clip to determine whether he was correct or not. Let's listen to what it was actually said. It was the best of times, it was the blurst of times, you stupid monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay? Yeah. That is, that is correct. That is correct. Another point for Sam. Yeah. Where, where did that uh, line come from, if you remember? Uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of uh, Tale of Two Cities. Okay. And it's pretty famous. Yeah. And I figured, let's do that. Okay. So that was, uh, those two jokes so far are my jokes, so I'm very happy right, you picked two awesome. jokes that were mine. <laughs> All right, and finally, we wanted Sam to name one of the two people credited with writing the episode. Helen, what did Sam say? Sam said John Vitti. And Jay Cohen, is that correct? He is wrong. Oh. <laughs> He's wrong. There are two people who wrote that episode, credited writers. Yeah. One is Walidarski, uh, Wallace Walidarski, and the other one is your very good friend, Jay Cohen. I'm, so, so, I'm such a bad friend. Go fact yourself. I will. <laughs> I will. I've literally been sitting here next to you thinking about all the other great jokes in that episode and laughing at them silently. Mm. That's the way I like people to do. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and what are you up to these days, Jake? I am the uh, ACLU ambassador for snacks. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing that really well. work. A lot of the work. good ones were taken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm writing pilots and stuff and working on TV shows and all that stuff and just raking in the Simpsons money. As you oh. should. Yeah, yeah, that's the way yeah. it goes. And if people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they do that? Uh, at the bar, right down there. <laughs> Excellent. Right there. I'm, uh, Making use of the brewery. Yeah, find me, you can find me online. You can find me anywhere. Uh, but I'm writing some pilots and stuff. It's awesome. really easy. We're super happy that you joined us. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks Jay Kogan, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Helen, let's get a score recap as we go into our final round. At the end of that round, Sashir Zameda has five points and Sam Levine has seven points. All right, now it is time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'm going to read ten statements and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Sashir and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. This will determine the winner. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Sashir, the phrase do not pass go, do not collect $200 comes from the game Monopoly. True. Correct. Sam, the properties in Monopoly were originally based on streets in Los Angeles. Uh, false. Correct. That's right, it's Atlantic City. Sashir, Monopoly was a game from Parker Brothers. True. Correct. Yep. Sam, Parker Brothers was founded by a man named Parker. Is it first name or last name? Either. True. Correct. That's right. <laughs> it was George Parker, yeah. in fact. Uh, Sashir, George Parker didn't actually have a brother. True. Incorrect. Uh, He actually ran the company with two of his brothers. Sam, Parker Brothers was once owned by Lego. False. Correct. Sashir, Parker Brothers was once owned by General Mills. False. 
Incorrect. No, it really was. Isn't that Whoa. weird? You get, you get Monopoly cereal or something. Uh, Sam, Parker Brothers is now owned by Hasbro. True. Correct. That's right. Technically, the brand doesn't exist anymore, but Hasbro did buy them. Uh, Sashir, Hasbro made a version of the game of life for millennials where they have to deal with insurmountable debt. Deaths? Debt. Oh, debt. Debt. I, I would say most deaths are insurmountable. <laughs> False. Incorrect. No, they really did. <laughs> Sam, also in that game, players can drop their cell phone in a toilet. False. Incorrect. No, oh they really God. have a game like that. Uh, Sashir. And finally, Sashir, but their parents are just going to pay for a new one anyway. <laughs> oh, is this the question? It's kind of fake, but it doesn't matter. True. Yeah, of course they are. Let's give a nice hand to Sashir Tomato and Sam Levine. While Helen tallies the final score. Helen, are you ready to reveal the winner of tonight's episode? I am. At the end of the game, Sashir Zameda has seven points, and Sam Levine has 11 points. Congratulations, Sam. You are the facting Thank champion you. on Go Fact Yourself. Shaking hands like gracious sports they are. Sam, what will you do with your championship? Uh, I'm going to get wasted. Sweet. We're at a brewery. <laughs> That's but the idea. Drink responsibly if you're not Sam. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. That just leaves plugs. Want to uh, give everyone a chance to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Sashir, where can people find you? Uh, my website is sashir.com. All my social media is at the sheer truth, T-H-E, sheer truth. And, um, yeah, you'll see all my list of shows. I tweet stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just find me. Oh, I have a special on Amazon Prime called Pizza Mind. It's also on Stars On Demand. And uh, you also get the album, the audio version on Spotify and Apple. Yeah, and like my stuff. Yeah, I'm so happy to meet you and so happy you joined us. Thank you. Tomato, Thank you for having me. <laughs> Sam Levine, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Sam Levine, S-A-M-M, two M's, L-E-V-I-N-E. Uh, and uh, if you're a giant geek like I am, you should get yourself a subscription to the to DC Universe, uh, which is a new streaming platform. And I am one of the hosts of DC Daily, uh, which you can find every day on DC Universe. And uh, I don't know, I'll be at the bar. He'll be at the bar. Sam Levine, ladies and gentlemen. You. you lucky, lucky people are so lucky because your host is Miss Helen Hong. Hey. What do you have going on, my friend? Please follow me on the socials at funny Helen Hong. At funny Helen Hong, because the other one's not funny. No. I'm the funny one. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, and me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith and on Instagram at jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leaves me to thank Sam Levine, Sashir Zameda, Kat Thomas, Jay Kogan, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear, come see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like... Just Joe 42 did. He, she, or they said, I love this show so much. Oh, we love it too. Thanks, Just Joe 42. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Julian Burrell. Dave McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Mark Edward Hoyt. Clint Tauscher, Leora Saul, Dave Bianchi, Hal Miller, and Christine Velada. I've been Helen Hong. Let's watch Sam get drunk. 
Hey, this is Jay Keith again. On our next episode of Go Fact Yourself, Greg Fitzsimmons talks about Mustangs, sort of. There was a janitor at my high school that was selling a 71 Mustang. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so uh, he drove with me. And then the next day, I went on my own and took it for another test drive <gasps> with two of my friends. And we bought an eight-pack and, uh, and we enjoyed Because how do you really know if you love a car? Yeah, that's true. And Sean Polofsky reminds us when she met Bette Midler. And I said, Miss Midler, my name is Sean Polofsky. And I, like, like, she, like she cared. And I yeah. said, and I'd like to tell you. Yeah. And then my decibel of my voice started to raise. <laughs> and, and I was like, and in my eyes, you're a god. And um, <laughs> I, I saw the security like, short Jewish girl stalking Bette Midler. Yeah. And, and it got really quiet. And then she just, with grace, she turned to me and she said, goddess, honey, goddess. And then she turned back around and carried her conversation. Wow. Like professional. Nice. That's Go Fact Yourself, dropping Friday, March 1st, here at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.